next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. As we join the storyline of John chapter 19, verse 31, we find Jesus now having just uttered those incredible words, it is finished. And in verse 31, we begin by reading, therefore the Jews, because it was preparation day, so that the bodies wouldn't remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a special one. Ask of Pilate that their legs be broken and that they might be taken away. Now, normally when Romans crucified someone, they were left on the cross long after they died. In fact, usually until the birds were picking the flesh off the bodies. All of that was strategically designed for maximum psychological impact upon the community at large. The people would therefore fear Roman rule all the more by what they were witnessing. And that was the point of this mode of execution, to be extremely visual. But the Holy Day was fast approaching and it was against the Jewish rules to leave these men on the cross, alive or dead, over the Holy Day Passover climax. And here again we see that the issue of rules taking priority over compassion and love. The general practice in such situations would be to take an iron mallet and smash the legs of those who are hanging on the cross to break them. The point of this barbaric practice was to bring the individual to a quick death. You see, if the beatings didn't already kill you and the blood loss of being nailed on the cross didn't finish you off, then death ultimately would come in the form of suffocation. Because you see, due to the position of the body on the cross, the person would have to push up with their toes to suck air into their lungs, and then they would exhale by coming down off of their toes. Therefore, if their legs are broken, well, then they wouldn't be able to lift their bodies. Or when they became finally so weak, they would no longer be able to lift themselves up, and then they would effectively asphyxiate It's incredible to think that people were in such a hurry to get back to all of their religious activities and celebrations that they needed to hurry up this scandalous murder of the Son of God. Verse 32 says, Therefore the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and they saw that he was already dead, they didn't break his legs. Now again, prophecy concerning the details of the death of Jesus mysteriously, quote-unquote, proves to be accurate. Because Psalms 34 verse 20 tells us that none of his bones would be broken. So despite the fact that such a practice as this was normal, the soldiers did not break his legs because, you see, he was already dead. This fact was a testimony not only of his followers, but even the pagan soldiers that day. They would have no reason to lie. Both groups would uh, claim emphatically that Jesus was dead. He was dead. He was not merely passed out or 
swooning as is often claimed even today amongst unbelievers who try incessantly to disprove the resurrection. Of course, you see, their efforts are understandable for if all of this that we're reading today is true and as we know it is, then the ramifications of it all are quite dramatic. You know, someone who comes back from the dead is kind of hard to ignore. Verse 34 says, However, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Now, this issue of the blood and water in verse 34 has been deeply analyzed by many people throughout the years, and and maybe it's a worthwhile pursuit, maybe it's not. But it does tell us a couple of things. One, on a purely medical level, it says Jesus was indeed dead when his side was pierced. Thus, it serves as a further evidence that Jesus was dead. He did finish what he started. Secondly, we are told that such speaks of a literal broken heart, for you see, a ruptured heart would also explain the water that was mixed with the blood. Now, some have connected this blood to the issue of communion, the cleaning of mankind of sin and the water with uh, baptism, the washing of man in regeneration. And I don't know anything about that, but it certainly is interesting conjecture. Verse 35 says, He who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth that you may believe. For these things happen that scripture might be fulfilled A bone of him will not be broken. Again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they pierced. John here, he's reminding the reader that he was indeed there. That he personally witnessed all these events as they unfolded. This wasn't hearsay for the writer. Thus, this account was not a rumor, but was firsthand knowledge. Right from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Now, John, he points this out for one reason, and he says, so that we might believe. He says these things to reinforce what he had been already speaking of, and he reminds us also again about the prophecies, a fact that even the most adamant antagonist to the faith has a difficulty explaining. I mean, look into passages like Exodus 12:46 and Zechariah 12:10. In fact, Jesus personally fulfilled over 300 prophecies. Now, that's a fact that is simply beyond any mathematical probability. We'll talk about this more next time we get together. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.